0: what's up everybody welcome to taking over the world podcast today uh, we have a special guest jessica mounts um we're going to keep things a little light today and just talk about the sport of olympic lifting um my co-host samuel is not here um called me small so i knocked him out he's currently laying incapacitated um, on the floor next to me so uh you won't get to hear his voice today Guess what he gets for mouthing off but let's talk about it so today we're going to talk about the sport of olympic lifting so um, for me, when I program Olympic lifts, it's more used for uh, just creating athleticism. Um, uh, for athletes, it's used for being explosive, being precise, um, stuff like that. But there's a whole sports side of it, and so we're gonna look into that. Um, so, with that being said, let's kind of turn it over to Jessica. We're gonna I'm gonna ask her a few questions. She's so just gonna kinda answer them as we go. So, first one um, would be what's it like to compete with a weight class so most sports don't have weight classes unless you grew up wrestling that's probably the only one i can think of Um, what's it like to compete with a weight class
1: um competing with a weight class kind of adds a another level to um basically every aspect of what you're doing so with any with when you're competing with anything you you know you you feel stressed, you worry about you know if you're going to do it right or how how you're going to perform. So it basically you know it's like that, but you also have to worry about how much you weigh. So then you are worried about every single thing that you put in your body. Um not only food, but your water, uh maybe your supplements that you're taking, everything like that. Um because if you you know you're competing in this weight class, you you go you weigh in. If you are point zero one over, you, you will not be competing in, in your weight class. They will make you move up a weight class, which um, would then hurt you because that would not be what you were training for. Um, most of the time, the heavier weight class you're in, the more weight is going to be lifted, um, because ultimately mass moves moves mass. So if you're training to Compete in a lower weight class and you go and you weigh in and you have to bump up a weight class because you didn't make weight you're going to be competing with girls or guys that are going to be lifting more than you because they're going to be weighing more than yeah, you yeah and you
0: you see uh you see a lot of stress through the through the weigh in time a lot of people nervous walking around and stuff um I got to be kind of first hand with it and you you get to you kind of go through it you get to watch people sweat it out and stuff like that and we call it a um we baked them.
1: So Olympic lifting weigh-ins are a little bit different than wrestling or with even powerlifting. With Olympic lifting, you have a, a time where you have to be there to be weighed in. They call you in alphabetical order. And once uh, the first person is called in, the weigh-ins are, are an hour long. Um, so after, if you weigh in and you don't make weight, you have the rest of that hour time cap to try to basically go sweat it out spit it out whatever you need to do to and try to come back and make weight you can try to come back and do it again but it has to be in that hour time frame of when the first person was and there's was a weighed in. there's
0: a two-hour window to you compete right
1: yes and then so after you weigh in you it is two hours until you are stepping on the platform to compete so you don't have a lot of time to um eat and get your weight back up. If so, you did a big weight cut, you you're not going to have the time to put that weight back
0: on. So you have, like if you pay attention to the UFC or powerlifting, they have the night before or whatever to weigh in. So they have a whole night and the rest of that next day to to get some fluids in them to get some food back in them so it's a little bit different. Um you get to see some girls chowing down on like 3 or 4 uh meals from restaurants it's, pretty crazy. Um, from there, what's, uh, what's the, um, what's a day look like in training when you are in, in season, like you're training to compete?
1: So my last, um, well, I haven't trained to compete Olympic lifting in probably a year. I think it's been almost a year. That's really kind of sad whenever I say it out loud. Um, but towards the end Of my training Uh, we started doing two a days so two sessions a day I would have one in the morning and one in the afternoon Um, sometimes that that was really hard for me um, between going to school so a lot of times my first session would be at 4 a.m. and that was a really difficult session because it usually always started with really heavy squats and I don't know if anybody gets up at 4 a.m. but it's really hard to squat that heavy um, that early. It normally takes about 90 minutes for your nervous system to actually get awake and to be awake to act before it can function to full ability. So a lot of times my nervous system wouldn't even be um, woken up. I would get up about 345 and be training by, by four. So a lot of times I would not be, my body would not be ready. I just had to make my mind ready for it. And a lot of times, if your body will um, just go ahead and do it, it's usually your your brain that's telling you to stop. So if you can just push past that, then then your body will. Um, if your body is primed for it, will go ahead and do it. So, are you wanting to know like what my sessions were, kind of?
0: Yeah, just like did did you squat every day? Uh, how often did you clean and jerk? How often did you snatch?
1: So a typical. Um, typical cycle for me um was i would have uh front squats on mondays and my front squats would be paired with snatches and uh all the accessory work that you could ever possibly think of and our squats would usually never be less than 10 sets So, whether we were doing tens or eights or sixes or, or, you know, we even or singles or whatever it was, pretty much would always be close to about 10 sets. Um, On Tuesdays, we would usually do clean and jerks with no extra squats from the rack. A lot of times, uh, clean and jerks, you would have a complex where you would do the clean and then add a front squat. So, essentially, you were squatting that day as well. And then on Wednesday would be my back squat day, and that would um, also be my jerk day. So since we were going super heavy um, on back squatting, you would kind of take the the load off from doing a a snatch, a squat and a snatch, or a squat and a, and a clean, and just and just do the overhead part. Um, Thursdays was typically a rest day for me, and then Fridays would be lighter. Lighter lighter front squats and then both snatch and clean and jerk. And then Saturdays would be a back squat and then both snatch and, and clean and jerk. So basically you were squatting um, five days a week and always above 80%. <clears throat>
0: now, did you did you compete in high school with any sports?
1: No. In high school, I played basketball until seventh grade I think and then nothing eighth grade and then believe it or not cheerleader ninth grade tenth grade
0: so um, so really no sports so, in you so can cheerleading. yes uh, <laughs>
1: well cheerleading in high school is not a sport cheerleading in in college and competitive cheer that is a sport but cheerleading in high school I would not consider that a sport no
0: sorry if we stepped on my toes there um <laughs> So for me, the coolest part of Olympic lifting for me was what happened in the back room, like warm up areas during competitions. It's super cutthroat. Uh, if you guys have never got to go see a competition, um, there's a lot of like chess going on, uh, coaches playing chess with each other, seeing how, if they're going to bump up weights, how how much or what they're doing. Um, what was that like in the back room? Was it nerve wracking? Was it um, anything like that?
1: Um, In the back room, you kind of just had to put your head down and just do whatever your coach was telling you to do. In this case, my my coach was always Chris, um, and then uh, my actual lifting coach, uh, Spencer Arnold. And uh, we always had um, a couple other helpers there. Um really Chris and Spencer would kind of play the field looking around seeing what numbers I had to hit to try to podium and then the other helpers would be um changing my weights and loading my bar for me um keeping like my shoulders warm and my knees warm and letting me know if I had time enough to take a pee break um Which
0: most of the time no, Which most didn't. of the
1: time was no. Uh, so if you ever see people peeing on the platform, that's probably because they haven't went peeing a couple hours but and so no that, time for a break.
0: That's a cool thing, though. Like I've, i my first national meet I got to go to, which I got to watch a girl. I swear she would pee on purpose to freeze the girl behind her. So if you guys are into other sports, you know when coaches call timeouts to freeze the kicker, um, or before somebody shoots a free throw, they kind of freeze the shooter. Um, this girl would pee on the platform. So they'd have to clean the platform, so the girl behind her would have to take extra time to think about her lift. So that's or to a, cool down. yeah to cool down before she's not ready, like primed and ready to go to that lift. So there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on um, in those in those meets that you don't really think about or see unless you're there firsthand, uh, which I thought was really cool. Like it, obviously I I didn't do it on national level. I've done a couple of small meets, but that was cool to watch and it was cool to be a part of to to um to get to see and all that that was really cool. What um what would you somebody somebody comes up to you and they want to compete in Olympic lifting. So let's first let's say a, a kid new to limp, lifting at all. So they they don't know snatch and clean jerk. Um they're very they're very imma- uh, immature as far as lifting goes. They don't ever lift whatever. What would you tell them they should do first?
1: Um, first I would tell this person to get a good base with squatting. Um, if, if you are not in perfect position doing a front squat or a back squat, you really have no, no business trying to max out a snatch or a clean and jerk. Now I'm not saying you should never do a snatch or a clean and jerk, but you really have, um, you you really have no purpose of putting on weights and weights and weights, trying to do a snatch or clean and jerk if you don't have pretty uh, perfect positioning on just a regular front squat or back squat. I would also tell this person that um, it would be a good idea to just have fun with just weight lifting um, in the gym and getting used to that before trying to go to like a meet and expect really great results. Because a lot of times in a meet, it really It doesn't really have anything to do with your ability to, um, do the lifts, but it has everything with the ability to, um, push past your, your mental, your mentalness. And, um, if you are an immature athlete, sometimes that's really hard to do.
0: So just learning primal movements first, so squat, hinge, anything like that first before they're trying to load. Um, what... What about somebody that's pretty familiar? Is it, now it's just put your foot in the water, try to get comfortable if if they're if they're comfortable doing the snatch and clean and jerk, what would you give advice to somebody that's about to do their first meet? So they're they're comfortable snatching and clean and jerking, but they're they've never competed before. What would you tell them?
1: Uh, my advice to them would just be to uh, make sure you're on the right uh weight class make sure you're in the right weight class that way you're not cutting too much or trying to gain too much um if you're if you're in the right weight class for for your body it shouldn't be a huge um, it shouldn't be a huge deal for you to for you to make weight. Um, where you where you come into play with that is if you know you're a really strong lifter and if you cut down to a weight class you have the opportunity to win. Then it should be harder for you to make weight. But if you're just um, going to your very first competition just to see how it is, uh, I would just m- make sure that you're in a comfortable weight class for you. Uh, that way you're not worrying about that. And then I would tell that lifter to always make sure you hit your first lift because if you miss your first lift it is a really really hard thing to come back from and to make your second and third one
0: i mean we've had some people uh compete on the lower levels and so they're really fun so if you guys want to compete reach out um we'd love to get you started in that that sense it's um if you're a former athlete and looking for something else or you've never competed before it's a cool sport it's a really cool sport um it's a it's not the sport that I would choose for myself because I'm not a power athlete um, as far as being successful in it because um, you don't have burpees. But it's super fun. Like, I love competing on the lower levels of it. Um, before we wrap up, you have any cool stories you want to share? Um, cutting cutting weight stories or national level stories or anything like that? I got um, a couple stories I'll share.
1: Okay, well, you share one and then I'll share one. So,
0: first one. Um, Jessica almost killed somebody. Uh, So as good as a person she is, she almost killed an Olympian. Um, uh, What was his name?
1: So uh, his name was Kendrick Ferris. You guys probably know him.
0: You should look him up. He's uh, an Olympian for the U.S.
1: This is why you're not supposed to walk in front of somebody while they're lifting. Um, But I guess if you're an Olympian, you can do whatever you want. So in the back rooms, they have a TV that or a computer screen that shows the platform of the lifters lifting so normally coaches and um, people helping are are watching that tv screen to see if people are making the lift or to see what they need to bump their athlete to so just so happens that you know it's first come first serve to the platform so if you get to the platforms late you may not get a warm-up area and you're going to have to share So it just so happened that I got the platform that was right next to the TV and uh, decided that I was going to go ahead and do my snatches anyways, even though there was a ton of people standing in front of me. Almost missed my snatch. Almost may have almost landed on Kendrick Ferris's head, uh, which would not have been good. He did (laughs) yell at me. I did not say anything. I was very scared. Um, He's a
0: pretty scary guy, if you guys ever seen him. Big
1: so he, big he, guy, dreadlocks. He did yell at me. Uh, Chris was actually not back there. Um, my coach, Spencer, also then yelled at me uh, because apparently <laughs> that was a no-no. So that was kind of something that I probably will never for, forget.
0: What's your story?
1: Um, I guess my, my one story I have wa- would be... Uh, My very first meat, I had to cut about 10 pounds, and 10 pounds is a lot of weight to cut when you're not very high body fat percentage, Um, so this was going to be my very first meat ever, and it was in Little Rock, and I had to cut about 10 pounds, so we spent a lot of time doing that. Went to weigh in and I was still about two pounds over. So that night we sweated some out. So you
0: weighed in this would be the night before, like she was just tested. Yeah,
1: testing. night before I just stepped on the scale to see where I was and I was about two pounds over. So full on panic mode. Coach told me, You know, you're gonna wake up in the morning and be lighter, don't eat or drink anything else. You'll wake up and you'll be lighter. So, okay. Well, for some reason, I was not lighter in the morning. I was still two pounds uh, heavier, so I had to, Chris wrapped me up in a comforter and scalding hot bath water, uh, wrapped up in a comforter, set in the bathtub, scalding hot water, shut the door, sat in there for about 10 to 15 minutes until I was just pouring sweat, almost about to pass out so hot. Um, so did that for about 10 or 15 minutes and it worked, it worked. I went to weigh in, but instead of only losing two pounds, I lost almost four pounds. So lost way more than I needed to. And so it was very difficult for me to make my lifts, lifts that were very light for me at the time I missed. Um, but I actually did come through and hit my lifts that I needed to make to, be able to qualify for nationals for the first time so I'll I will always remember that my very first meet qualified me for nationals which is what got me um basically hooked on competing
0: yeah I guess so um that's kind of just the uh Olympic lifting world um there's a lot of cool stories here to catch Jessica she's got cool stories more than that um some pizza in the car stories and stuff like that but we'll uh, discuss that later. Yeah. So she, uh, I mean, she was pretty successful in it. Competing, uh, finished second national uh, in 2018, um, and that was really her last big meet. Uh, after that, she uh, kind of cut it, cut it down to tr- to the training volume and everything. And now she um, doesn't compete in it, but still lifts. So we'll see if she ever comes out of retirement. Um, that's, that's it for the day. Uh, we can't wait to hear the next guest on. I can't tell you who it is yet because I haven't got it lined up, but it will be a good one. Trust me. So I will see you guys on the flip side. See you guys.
1: Bye.